Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola. I am Spud Goodman. Spud man. I would like to personally thank each and every one of you listening to this radio program. I'm well aware that you all have better things to do, most of which would be deemed socially appropriate, but no one's perfect, right? You know, at least all the time. So I won't be naive and not assume that a small percentage of you are also quite possibly participating in questionable behavior right now as I speak. But I will not cast the first stone as, you know, I I got my own issues. So instead, why don't we just get the show started by me introducing our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a decent snicker, if you would? Of course. How's this? (laughs) Oh, I continue to find a good snicker is a real challenge. So hopefully that one will do. It it was all right. Fine. And, And now I'm required to introduce... Our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, would you uh, prefer to do the right thing here and take one for the team by surrendering your time to say hello to the listeners? You know, because uh, those precious seconds could be of great use at the end of the show when we're running late. Uh, all right, then. I, I want to thank you for your well, unselfishness, and I will speak for you by saying what an honor it is to work with me and the others in the studio. Okay, but let me also say okay, that okay, I was... Okay, but I, I, I'm not... I'm not a selfish person, but I am supposed to have the opportunity to greet the listeners at the beginning of each yeah, show. But you it, know. it's been stated at many staff meetings, and isn't it my prerogative to say it is or isn't an honor to work with you? Hey, 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 you shut your face! I believe that is somewhat presumptuous on your part. I mean, truth be told, yes, I do feel honored to work with you, but... I would appreciate the opportunity to make that statement myself. Okay, okay. the record is clear then. You are honored to work with me. Can we move along now? As I have a topic I wanted to bring up. Sure, yeah, go ahead. You're the host. (laughs) Yes, I am. Uh, This topic is something that you actually are somewhat connected to. I've been reading a lot about conspiracy theories lately. I mean, there are conspiracy theories, and there are conspiracy theories on steroids, and that QAnon person or source has come up with some real doozies. I mean, we're talking major tall tales. Uh, It's all fake news. I've heard a few of those QAnon conspiracies. They are pretty wacky. All right, now now I'll have to. I'm going to have to disagree with both of you on this, as both my wife and I are very happy that there's such a source of information like Q, with the deep state controlling information from our government. Mm -hmm. How else can we Americans truly know what's going on in this country? I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as. Uh, maybe by reading a real newspaper or, or maybe, you know, watching the news on a non-cable channel a couple times a week? Yes, but 
I know you believe what you read and hear from the mainstream media is true, but my goodness, you need to know that you are not being told the whole truth. The, a great awakening is upon us as I speak. Oh, I really? knew I yeah, I knew you were into yes. some fringy websites, Gerald. But I didn't know you were a full-on QAnon follower. Why haven't you told us? No one on this show has ever asked me. Uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I am a believer. How could I not believe what is obvious to any citizen who has their eyes and ears open? You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. Well, maybe people in, you know, other countries, you know, that where, where the show's carried, like like Mexico, Canada, the UK, and South Africa, um, they might not know this stuff. They, they, might, they might have to Google it. I know I did, and I got to tell you, uh, I read that the, the QAnon followers uh, believe, oh, check this out, that the real moon is made out of styrofoam. And they think it's a, a totally worthless and insignificant object floating freely in space. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That, that all, you know, all those supposed moon landings were actually Uranus landings. <laughs> this, uh, uh, you laugh if you want. Funny. The, the, I, I guess the government, they said, needed a, like a stand-in planet to visit to show off you know, our space hardware. And Uranus was the choice. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have heard that report. And I can see why the government and scientists would want to hide this as so many people use the moon as such a central object in our world. Like, uh, oh, you know those tide tables and a daily horoscope? Yeah. Well. So many people start their day uh, by reading theirs. It would create havoc if the truth came out that the moon is nothing but a worthless hunk of styrofoam aimlessly bobbing around in space. What are you people? On dope? I'm pretty sure the core of the moon is made up of molten rock, and well, the outer crust is made of numerous minerals. Styrofoam contains no minerals. It's styrofoam. Okay, with, with all due respect, Mrs. Jarvitz, you don't have access to the highly classified information that has been kept from all of oh, us. Oh, boy. Listen, you have no idea how much disinformation has been generated by the deep state. Like, uh, were you aware that the government has secretly taken control of the most popular TV shows on the air right now? Uh, they place subliminal messages yeah, in the okay, programs, okay, okay. and they're able to use mind control techniques to keep those who are not in the know under their control. All right, I don't want to, like, really sound stupid when I do this show today. This is not a secret. I, I just, I haven't shared this because I assumed uh, you were already aware of it. So all those CSI shows are full of mind control messages? Well, that might yeah. explain why they're so popular because I could never figure that out. You know, I'm not, I'm not really into forensic cop shows. I'm more of a Bosch or, or Brooklyn 999 guy. You know, it's taken some effort on my part to avoid all those CSI shows on TV. You know, remember a few years ago, they were everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> As you are well aware, I am a Blue Bloods fan myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that Tom Selleck makes it must-see TV. He may not be in his prime anymore, oh, but his mustache is still going strong. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. I've never understood your thing, uh, you know, with Selleck and that's like scary mustache of his. Just, just don't let your lust blind you and buy one of those stupid reverse mortgages he's always pushing. Oh, I have no plans to pursue a, a reverse mortgage given my wedding plans with Chance. Yeah, I well. can't leave him homeless when my time comes. Well, good, but just don't worry about Chance. He's only 21. You know, he'll still be in his prime when your time comes. Uh, he'll be able to survive by his wits on the streets. I guess. You know, I would bet there have been plenty of subliminal mind control messages on that Blue Blood show, too.
Yes! Whatever. Just let me introduce our musical guest, okay? Who I will be speaking with a little later. Say hello to the stockings. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, this is Sarah Silverman, and I am on the Spud Goodman Show. I don't know how my career got this low. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your first guest, Michael Imperioli, is waiting to speak with you. You know, I've wanted to get Michael on the show for a long time. We almost had him last year. Uh -huh. He has a new show on NBC, but, I mean, even you used to watch him on The Sopranos, right? The, the what-o's? This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. 
I don't know how you assumed Gerald was familiar with The Sopranos, but you know better. Yeah, my bad. I should have known better. Listen, I may very well have seen this show Michael was on. Can you say the name one more time? I'll try to jog my memory. Was this? Was it on Channel 4 or 5? I can't take this! Uh, no, no, I will not. Uh, oh. You know, every time I assume you're a living, functioning human being... I could slap back to reality. Well, that's on you, Spud. Yeah, I know, I know. Just put Michael through, please. Here he is. Please greet actor, writer, and director Michael Imperioli. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you co-star in the new NBC series Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector, airing Fridays at 8, 7 Central. That's a long title for a TV show. It's based on the Bone Collector novel by Jeffrey Deaver, right? It's based on, uh, yeah, the Actually, the series, I think there was nine Lincoln Rhyme novels that uh-huh. Jeffrey Deaver wrote. One was The Bone Collector, which was also a movie uh, with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie. And um, now there's the series, Lincoln Rhyme, Hunt for the Bone Collector. Super. Well, hey, I was wondering, did you hang out much with NYPD detectives prior to shooting the show? Yes. Both for this role and in the past, because uh, I, I have played detectives before, and that really is you know, the heart of the work for me is to get to know guys who are really, you know, who have really done this, you know, akin to the career that my characters had. And Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple who have been really helpful to me over over the years, not just on this role. Super. Well, I know you've played characters on the other side of the law previously. What's more fun, being a slightly flawed bad guy or a clear good guy? (laughs) Um, They both have their fun, you know. They both have their... The, uh, you know their advantages and, and things. You know, it's uh, it's uh, the most fun is what I'm doing in the moment. You know what I mean? It's uh, I, I really try to focus it that way, and every everything is different. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of fun to be had being a, a veteran New York detective. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Well. I have to touch on at least one Sopranos question. I could get sued for talk show malpractice if I didn't, so here goes. Um, I mean, I mean, your character, Christopher Moltisante, uh, has his own Wikipedia page, man. How, how many characters? Anyway, so let me hit you with wow. this. I yeah. didn't even know that. Yes. So, so when your character finally met his demise in the final season, did you want to somehow survive Tony killing you for a potential like sequel or a David Chase Sopranos movie? Was it tough? Because, I don't know. No, because by then it was like the last season. There was only there was only a couple of episodes left, so um, you know that was it, really. You know, we all knew it was it was over by then, and uh, there was no talk of another show or a series. And a lot of the cast was uh, the a lot of the characters were dead by then anyway. So uh, no, that didn't concern me. You know, if I was an actor being killed off in a, a really popular series, I just might want to do a take where I, where I survived, you know, uh, when, you know, as, just in uh, case. If it was earlier, maybe. If it was, like, in the second season, I might have felt it. But right. this was the end of the show, so I didn't feel that bad. All right. Well, like Christopher wanting to be a screenwriter on the series, you actually wrote a number of Sopranos episodes and co-wrote Spike Lee's Summer of Sam. More satisfying to see your words on the screen or acting? Is that just still your main love? You know, they... They both have, they both have their meaning to me. But uh, you know, when you're writing something, you know, and, and the stuff that I've written um, is personal in a, in a way that acting is not always. Uh, so, you know, the, the stuff that I've written tends to have an even uh, a different a different 
connection to me, maybe in a deeper level. Summer Sam, great script, uh, fantastic movie, but anyway. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Uh, let me hit you with this. Uh, I was just curious. You co-starred on the Amazon series Mad Dog. Why was that canceled, man? I mean, I, I was pissed when there's no, there's no season two. Um, I think, you know, and I've heard different versions of this. At first I heard it was only meant to go one season. Uh, the other thing was it was one of the first shows on Amazon, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't know where they were at with, you know, going forward. I don't really know. Be honest. I thought it was really good, and I was hoping we would have done more seasons. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I really like that show. I, I I always say it's kind. Of, people are like, "What is Mad Dogs? How did you describe it?" I would say it's like Deliverance meets The Hangover. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> and, and that's kind of a cool combination. I think. Absolutely. Um, well. You know, you played Governor Cuomo on Escape from Denimora, and now that you've had a taste of politics, do you ever see yourself running for office? I did play the governor, um, which was, I haven't played many politicians. Uh, that was a lot of fun because I got to spend some time with him. He was very generous with his time with me, and uh, uh, it was a great, also just a great movie at the end, and still directed it, and it was, it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, that was an amazing, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a mini-series, but it, it was fantastic. But, um, yeah, that was a good one. If you ever did run, though, you might want to keep your eyes open for those wacky conspiracy theories that are, it seems to be a thing going on now, so if, just something to be aware of. But anyway, all right. Uh, Spud, if I, if I might cut in here. What? Well, I, I think I just remembered that Sopranos TV program you were talking about. Did, did Michael pay, play a lawyer on it? Uh, Michael, I, I need a moment here. No, he played a mobster on The Sopranos. You interrupted me for that dumb question? Well, it just popped into my head. I thought I had remembered him on the show. Was he maybe a podiatrist on some show? I think oh, Jared, I Gerald, Gerald, maybe you should try jigsaw puzzles or something to keep your mind sharp. I see a real decline happening right now. Oh, no, no. My mind is sharp as a tack. Mm. No need to be concerned about my brain. I can recite the alphabet backwards. Uh, listen to this. Z, Y, X, um, S. No, no. T. It's T. No, or is okay. it R? Hey, you it's should R? pick up some ginkgo biloba the next time you're at Walgreens. Just let me get yeah. back to Michael. All right, I, I've returned. I have no plans on writing for politics. Yeah. That will never happen. All right. Well, well then... Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, you, my last question I wanted, because I know this was this is an important thing for you. Uh, you've been wired into the music scene in New York City over the years, even though I guess you're a part-time resident these days. Do you have like a most memorable moment you can pull up, maybe a concert or a show that still sticks with you? Yeah. It was uh, um, Lou Reed uh, in 2000 at the, the old knitting factory in New York. Yeah. Um, just because it was a great concert and uh, I was got to meet him backstage and we became friends after that you know it was a big moment in my life because he was a hero of mine for so long and uh to meet him and and uh, to get to know him was, was a big uh a big deal for me still is yeah you're you're also pretty uh connected into the to the jazz scene too there are you not into the theater the jazz the jazz scene were you Oh, jazz. Oh, jazz. Yeah. I, I, my wife and I have been on the board of the Jazz Foundation of America for a long time, which which is a, a charity that raises money to help um, musicians in need, you know, a, a lot of elderly jazz and blues artists. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, that stems out of a love for it and, and, and a love for jazz and blues. 
and um, uh, the Jazz Foundation. Any of listeners who are interested in jazz and blues, check out the Jazz Foundation of America's website because it's one of them. They have really great events, uh, both in New York and in different cities around the country, and, and it just supports um, just very worthy people. All right. All right. Thank you for sharing that. All right. I know you, you got to get going. So let me see again. Your new NBC series, Lincoln Rhymes, Hunt for the Bone Collector, airs Friday nights at 8, 7 central. We really, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. There you have it. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Did I ever tell you about that? Well, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, those Q is something conspiracies, you know what I'm talking Remember? Y- yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Some are like really, really tall tales. Are, are there not well, any of them that you consider to be a bit too over the top? Like so dumb that even the most gullible person on earth would say, like, mm, I don't know, wait a minute, could that actually be true? I love the poorly educated. Yeah, I, I know you're trying to make a joke here at my and other believers' expense, but the truth is, this is nothing to joke about. Oh, did I miss my cue to laugh? I tend to tune out at times, I won't lie, but should I just laugh or chuckle right now? That's not necessary, but I would appreciate if you paid like closer attention to what I'm saying here. I, you missed a few setups for a laugh or two. I could use some more support. Like I've said so often to you, you get what you pay for. Okay, I know you're a volunteer, designated laugher. You would think that there would be money in the budget for you. I agree. You know, this place, I'm still working on it with management. I mean, you are my aunt. I'm trying. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, you know, Spud, for all I know, as a member of the mainstream media, you too could be in on an effort to suppress the truth. And there are so many in that Hollywood cabal that want to brainwash us too. Come on, y'all. Without the internet, I and my wife just might have gone through our lives not knowing what's really going on. Uh, I would love to be accepted into any Hollywood cabal. That would be so cool, but uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, You know, being a small-time radio talk show host these days, it's not going to get me into that exclusive club for sure. And you're so fortunate that you haven't been sucked into that group. They do some very nasty things with their orgies and beer busts. I drank beer with my friends. I liked beer. I still like beer. Well, yeah, everyone knows there are, you know, a ton of nonstop Hollywood parties. Yeah. Uh, I bet they're a lot of fun, too. And I also bet you would go to one if you were invited. Oh, I most certainly would not. I myself have principles. That's ridiculous. Even if Wayne Newton or Chuck Norris invited you to some big party, I doubt you'd toss their invitation in the garbage. I know you love Wayne Newton, Gerald. Yeah. You told me you have all of his records. Yeah, okay, yeah, I am a big fan of Mr. Newton's. That would pose a dilemma for me. Okay. I I know I would love to meet him. You know, maybe ask him what it was like appearing on Johnny Carson's show so many times. I read those two hated each other. Wayne said once he slapped Johnny for making jokes about him on the show. I don't understand. If anyone could find out how to join that Hollywood cabal from those Q people, let me know, as I would really like to meet Charlize Theron in person. But you know, I, that's probably not going to happen, as all that Q stuff is a bunch of BS. It's just crazy talk. Oh, I would not say that out loud, Spud. I just did. Q's followers don't like it when the media says they're crazy. We're coming for you, globalist! Okay, how about seriously misinformed? I'll stick with yeah. crazy. Yes! Well, we'll see how you both feel when the truth comes out about everything, when the storm arrives and justice is delivered. Yeah, I'll try to put in a good word for you, Spud, but I 
doubt if you'll still have a career then. Maybe if I'm given my own show, there might be a way for me to take you on in a supportive role. No promises, but I'd, I'd do my uh, best for you. Me be your what, co-host? I think Maybe. I'd rather like uh, pull my toenails off with a pair of pliers before I do that. <laughs> That's not happening. And you can forget about me being your volunteer-designated laugher. Oh, no. I'm confident when the Great Awakening occurs and I'm placed into a position of influence, like maybe my own TV or radio talk show. Hell will freeze over. If so, I would insist that you be paid adequately, Mrs. Jarvitz. Really? Yeah. Well, I have given some thought to actually re-entering the job market after our wedding you know, get a real job, since it may take some time for Chance to get that? established career-wise. I don't want to rush him, you know. So I would be interested if you were ever in a position to hire me. Okay. Like a regular employee, huh? You would sell out that easily? Just for a few bucks? I will have mouths to feed, Spud. Or a mouth, besides myself. Dinner is served. Wow. All right. Oh, hey, Mr. Temporary Co-Host... Please see if our next guest is ready to go. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's temporary permanent co-host. And, uh, and yeah, I'm being told that your next guest, Tamara Taylor, is ready to go on the line. Okay, it was like about a year ago she was on this yeah. show, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's and, right. I mean, th then she was on that Netflix series, Altered Carbon, <clears throat> and now she has her own new Netflix show. Well, I used to enjoy Tamar Tamara on Bones. I kind of miss that show. Oh, you know, my wife and I were big Bones fans. We, we, we put the kids to bed before we'd watch it, of course. I don't know what the hell's going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. Yeah, I'm really surprised all of your kids have not run away from home already. How much fun could it be there? Yo, oh, we have plenty of fun. So much fun. Yeah, okay, just, just put Tamara through, please. Here she is. Welcome back to the show, actress Tamara Taylor. Uh, we appreciate you calling in. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you are starring in the new Netflix series, October Faction. This is your second series with Netflix after last year's Altered Carbon. Uh, what are the basics with the new show? The basics with the new show, um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, um, it's sort of a family drama wrapped, wrapped up in, in sort of a, 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 a sci-fi fantasy genre. So, you know, there, there are monsters and warlocks, but, you know, it's sort of like uh, This Is Us meets Supernatural. Yeah. Oh. Super. Um, well, after being a criminal forensic pathologist for 10 seasons on Bones, isn't it a relief to now just play a monster hunter? Because that sounds like a lot more fun than investigating all those dead bodies. Well, there's, you know what, there's certainly a lot more action happening, which is really fun. That's, that's been, it, it's been really awesome. What kind of monsters can I, can I ask? Oh my gosh! Well, we, you know, we've we've got werewolves and warlocks and windigos oh. and um, yeah, like every single monster you can possibly imagine. Um, I'm liking that. But I think we, yeah, we focus on those main three. All right. Well, let's, let's step into the Wayback Machine for a moment. I asked this question of fellow Lost cast member Harold, Harold Perrineau. Uh, you did two episodes on that I show. I love Harold. Yes, great, great guy. Um, did you actually understand the plot line you were in? Because he had no clue himself with his stuff. It's a mystery, I'm thinking, to most all the cast members that did that show. Oh, yeah, for sure. We had no clue. 
no clue what was going on, no clue how it was going to end. Um, it was it was a really interesting one. <sighs> All right. Do you, do you ever like cue it up now, looking at it, and just say, "What the heck was that?" I mean, that's kind of what he said. He still doesn't know. But anyway, I, anyway. All right. Yeah, yo, yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I look back and think, why did she have to be so mean to Harold? She was so mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a journalist, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. Is it true you're in fact fearful of elevators? Because if so, I am too. Oh. You know, like especially when they're they get really full, too, you know, like wait, you know, with like a lot of old white dudes, too much old spice in the air. How, why do they freak you out? <laughs> What, say that last part again. Why do they? Why, why do they freak you out? You know, I've got because I got stuck in one as a little girl. I think I was like four, and uh, you know, unlike a normal, you, you, normally you get stuck in an elevator for like a few minutes. It's cool. Somebody comes and gets you out. We were stuck for like four hours on a hot summer day in between floors, and like you said, it was a packed elevator. And um, it's hard to shake that. I'm telling you, like every time, every time you get into an, and now every time I get into an elevator, I know it's possible that it could get stuck for that long. Uh, off the record, were there a few stinky people in there? There were. There were crying people. There was a woman screaming, "We're all gonna die!" Oh. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was action packed. It was action packed. That would have been tough for a kid to deal with. Uh, yeah. Did somebody stick a sock in that lady's mouth or whatever, whoever was screaming that? That is not. Anyway, all right. Um, well, let me let me hit you with this. As a Canadian citizen, do you ever look at the wackiness going on in this country right now and feel a little superior, you know? Because, uh, and I could handle, I don't know, what, what do you think? You know, I, I have to say I am really, really grateful to have my Canadian passport at this particular moment in time in history yeah that's a nice way to yeah I, I i know i could handle like learning the basics of hockey and curling if it meant i didn't have to puke every time i you know turn on any cable news station or open up my twitter account it's, it's getting tougher by the day but yeah that's another topic for oh yes day. it is yeah, oh boy yeah it just it feels like uh, american politics right now feels like a circus yeah that's a nice way to put it all right spud what? If I may comment on your remark about the current state of our politics in this country, I find it quite energizing to start each morning by watching an hour or so of Fox and Friends. Yeah, Fox and Friends starts right now. I don't understand your concern about America right now. Maybe it's due to the non-Fox cable news channels that you're watching. Uh, tomorrow? I need a minute here. Well, to each his own, man. If that's how you want to start your day, knock yourself out. I tune into the Weather Channel every morning, you know, to see where it's worse than what I have to deal with that day. It makes me feel better. Well, I always start my day with Sports Center on ESPN. You know, for the top 10 plays from the day before. I watch Colbert, so I miss it late at night. Look, I'm just saying one's outlook on life is greatly impacted on what TV, radio, and newspapers you consume. Uh, I couldn't have said that better myself. Now let me get back to tomorrow. Uh, sorry about that, but I have returned. All right. Well, you know, you've had a long career in Hollywood. Is there something out there you still want to do, like a rock opera or something? If only I could sing, that would be something on the list. Um, oh my! I, you know, here's the funny. Even though I've had a, you know, ostensibly a, a long, a long career, 
I feel like I've just touched the tip of the, the iceberg. Like October Faction was the first time I got to run around with uh, with guns and and fight. You know, oh, yeah. do fight scenes and two guns. I, you know, I, I'd like more of that. That was really fun. Not in real life, but, you know, yeah. on, on television. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's, there's a difference there. All right. Okay, well, I know you got tons of stuff going on. So let me remind everyone that your new Netflix series, October Faction, is now streaming. Um, I say gobble them up in you know, like one setting. I find gorging to be quite satisfying. Uh, but, but before you go, oh, yeah. before you go, what, what's your Twitter and Instagram info for our listeners? On Twitter, I'm uh, at Tamara Taylor. Really simple. And on Instagram, I'm at I am Tamara Taylor. All right. There you go. Well, uh, thanks a whole bunch for coming back on our show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. There you have I'll it, Miss. you soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ms. Tamara Taylor. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Hey, we're Lil Holmes. We're here on the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you all for tuning in. beautiful music. There's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest, the Stockings. Uh, gentlemen, identify yourselves and the instrument you are now attached to. Uh, Julian Stocking, guitar and vocals. Jarrett Mason, I'm permanently attached to the bass. David Salonen, guitarist. I'm Harley Trotlin and I'm playing drums. Super. All right, give us the band's mission statement. World domination, or are things more on like a micro level, like getting more free and better beer at gigs? Uh, definitely uh, better beer would help. Usually they just give us PBR. It gets kind of old after a while. More cheaper beer? Yeah. All right, all right. Well, you, you put out a new record this year, I should have known, uh, available on Bandcamp right now. Uh, will the band at any time in the future put out a double album? Because you don't see many of those these days. You know, like Foghat's uh, Road Cases or, or Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, those classics. Uh, you know what? It's always in the back of my mind. I've been thinking about it. I just got to think about it twice as much, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you got to write like 30 or 40 songs, right, to pull, pull that off. But, yeah, it's not that hard. Could, a couple weekends? Yeah, yeah. No stops. Okay, all right, super. What, uh, let, me, let me nail you down here. What is the band's favorite brand of peanut butter? Uh, can we get a vote? I'm a Skippy man myself. I like uh, Jif. Jif. Uh, uh, yeah. Peter Pan. Smooth or crunchy? Smooth. smooth. Oh, oh, unanimous. I'm a crunchy man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on a professional, uh, this is a professionally related question. Uh, what band would you guys be most excited to open for? Not, not dead guy bands, but still active ones. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Love Bruce Springsteen. I guess it's unanimous, all right? Well, tell me the name of the next song and what the heck it's about. 
this next song is called Napoleon and Josephine. Uh, it's about, I knew a, a girl back when I was in college whose middle name was Josephine, and that reminded me of the story about how when Napole uh, Josephine left Napoleon, mm -hmm. he lost the empire, he got, uh, got sent out of France, so I just thought that was kind of a funny story. Uh, yeah, well, let's do it. So this is based off of that. All right. All right, here we go. You ready? Goodman Radio Show. Yeah, this is this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show, where we put it down for real. That's right. 
uh, Spud. Yes. One of your favorite people, Ed Asner, is waiting to speak with you. Awesome. You know, I'm glad he found some time to call into the show again. This man is incredible, right? I mean, what a life he's led. Uh, he, he's got a new book out right now, I think. Ed is a very principled man, too, yes. who has never shied away from expressing himself, and he fought for many who do not have a platform for themselves. You know, though I do not share Ed's political views, I did enjoy him on that Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, he walks the talk. You know, besides being a very gifted actor, he, he's in... Whatever he does, he, he's all in, okay? Like a 90-year-old man... He has more energy uh, than most kids. You know, I wonder if Ed would like to speak with me this time, just for a minute. Hell no, you can't! Uh, he just might, but I need to take into consideration the welfare of everyone involved, so well, I can't let that happen. There are a lot of innocent ears now listening. Not, not even one question? Hell will freeze over. I'm sorry, but no can do. Just, just put him through. Here he is. Welcome back to the show, someone we really, really enjoy speaking with, actor and author Ed Asner. What's going on, Ed? I'm not a hell of a lot. How are you? Excellent, excellent. So you have a new book out that sounds really interesting, Son of a Junk Man. Is that a line that your publisher made up, or is it actually a true fact? No, 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 it's a true fact. I wouldn't lie to you. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Like you, 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 you're regarded as the maven, the truth teller of showbiz. Wow, yeah, I like that. Super. Um, well, well, was your dad like a tough disciplinarian, or did he give you space to find your own way? I mean, they didn't have helicopter parents back then, right? Where, you know, where parents micromanage everything their kids do? No, no. He was a, a hard scrabble. Dirt under the fingernails, driving boss. What kind of chores did you get assigned, Ed? Every kid has chores. Oh, we're always breaking up cast iron, separating iron, cast iron, tin, galvanized everything. Always looking for the treasure in the uh, in the junk. What you know? Every kid has times where they maybe misbehave a little bit. What kind of, did we ever run like restriction or what kind of punishments uh, did you have to face back then? What kind of what? You know, like punishments. Did you ever get put on restriction or anything? Or what was it like back, you know, when you were growing up? Well, uh, it was the time of Hitler. Yes. We had to watch our P's and Q's. Yes. And uh, make sure that... Uh, the Nazis didn't overwhelm us in Kansas City. Okay, all right. Um, okay, well, let, let's talk about the book again. Uh, Paul Rudd wrote a foreword for it. Uh, you worked with him He's on... He's also from Kansas City. Yeah, that's right. That's right, he is. Um, but you worked with him uh, on Broadway, right? That's right, we did Grace together. How'd that go? It went very well. I thought he was wonderful in it. Michael Shannon was with me. Oh, great actor. And uh, Michael's wife, Kate. And the four of us uh, did uh, Grace. Um, let me ask you this. I asked, did you... I, I read this, uh, and I wasn't aware of it. Were you also recently in a play titled A Man in His Prostate? Because that production speaks to me, because last night I had to get up like four times to pee. 
Oh my goodness, you poor baby. I know. Yeah, that's the one man show that I do, I tour with. Wow. A Man and His Prostate, written by Ed Weinberger. Oh, really? On the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Wow, I I got to go catch that performance. Is there any chance you're ever gonna uh, gonna tour with that one again? Oh yeah, we're we're touring with that all the time. Ah, super! I'm catching that one when you hit town. All it's right. A funny show. I bet. Ed outdid himself when he wrote it. All right. Say, say, Spud. What? Well, if I may interject right here, it is unfortunate that you have to wake up so often at night. I, I think it might have something to do with your often surly attitude at work. Y- you know, not getting enough sleep at night. Uh, hey, Ed, just a sec. Uh, oh, you don't have to get up at night to pee? Well, well, no, I don't. My doctor told me I have the prostate of a teenager. I can't remember what? the last time I had to get up at night to urinate. You probably stopped drinking liquids around noon, I bet. You, you wuss. Well, my ex-husband had to get up so many times, I told him he had to sleep in the guest room. Best decision I made in that marriage. You know, I guess some men, like myself, are just built differently. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, they have those adult diapers, so you wouldn't have to get up so much, Spud. Uh, hey, just because I pee a lot doesn't mean I'm some, you know, old, broken-down wreck. Well... I can still play hoop for a couple hours at the Y, you know, with enough water breaks. Just zip it and let me get back and finish up with it. Okay, I, I have returned. Well, you know, some people might not be aware that you are also a very active voice actor, having done parts on SpongeBob SquarePants, American Dad, Family Guy, and a bunch more. As much or more fun than acting in the flesh on camera. Those are cool shows. Yeah. Well, Up brought me uh, new unclaimed fame. Right. Uh, And uh, I'm very proud of that movie. I thought it was a, a beautiful piece of work, even if I do say so myself. No, well, absolutely. So you, so you, you, you're doing this on a regular basis, so for a lot of shows, right? Wherever I can, uh, the Justice League, uh, Granny Good, um, uh, Freakazoid, Gargoyles, oh, you wow. name it, Batman. Wow. Dang. All right. Well, you know, on, on the program right now, we've been discussing a, a top, the topic of, you know, like the spreading of false information on that darn internet, mostly by that QAnon guy, because back in the day it was called lying. Does it worry you that tall tales like, you know, I don't know, like, like Hillary Clinton was running a sex slave ring out of a pizza parlor or Obama being a terrorist are, shun, are shared like a ton of times? And there's some real whoppers out there marinating right now. Does that bug you? Well, uh, any any lie bugs me, uh, so I, I would uh, I would always decry any lie that is told and not uh, not revealed to be a lie. Right. Well, hey, back in the day, did did you have to deal with like garbage spread by like I got what the latter uh, day version of William Randolph Hearst or Father Coughlin? Did you ever have to deal with with bad stuff being spread lies about you? No, I, I fortunately, fortunately have not had to clean up any mess that was done in my name. All right. And uh, uh, I'm glad of that. Right, right, right. Um, 
Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I was curious about this. Do you ever check in with your old Mary Tyler Moore uh, show castmate, uh, Betty White? Because both of you are perfect role models for baby boomers who are, you know, like afraid of getting older. Because, I mean, both of you guys are bigger badasses the older you get. You guys rule. Well, I, I rule, but she is, she's 97. I know. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's, I'm just a baby at 90. I know, and you would never know you're 90. There's absolutely, I mean, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, oh. you, the older you guys get, I mean, I mean, you've never taken any crap from anyone, but, I mean, you just you just seem to get stronger the older you get, too. I mean, I just, and Betty, of course. I mean, she's, yeah, she's amazing. Well, I can thank, I can thank Showbiz for that. Showbiz instills life in me. I, I draw energy from Showbiz. So thank God for it. Well, you know, I think a lot of us gain strength from both of you. Uh, yeah, I, I think you've kind of shown us the path of maybe how to age in a, in a manner that uh, is inspiring and uh, hopeful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're a role model to me, Ed. i got to say that for a fact. Thank you, Faith. Thank yep. you very much. That's right. All right, well, I know you probably got to... all mine. Pardon me? The pleasure is all mine. All right. Thank you for that. I know you got to head out, so let me just say again that your new book, Son of a Junkman, is now available everywhere books are sold. And if it's not, people need to go freaking ask for it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so just thanks a whole bunch for coming back on our show because we love you. Well, I love being with you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Yes. Take care of yourself. There you have it, Mr. Ed Asner. Spud goodness to Anulo. Spud good to Anulo. Spud Anulo. My, how time flies. Well, I'm okay with dropping the subject we were discussing. You know, we, we pretty much covered it. Those wacky tall tales that are on the internet from that, that QAnon source. Uh, I mean, they're, they're so ridiculous, we can just move on to something Spud, else. Spud, Spud, Spud. Millions of Americans would disagree with your assessment that the facts uncovered by Q are wacky tall tales. Well, no. Well, that, that, could, that could not be further from the truth. In the near future, you will be apologizing for being on the wrong side in this historic moment. I, I know that you are older and maybe not able to assimilate a high volume of information. Hey, but hey, hey, I'm got... only a couple years older than you, and I, well. and I watch Jeopardy every night to keep my brain sharp, and, and I don't do that badly either. Uh, I may not get all the answers right, but I do okay. Viewers and players, let's play Double Jeopardy. Spud, you would think you might do better at playing along watching Jeopardy. After all these years, yeah, well. there have to be so many repeat questions. Well, what is the question? You, what, just forget the correct answers the second time after hearing the same questions? Well, like, like I said, I do okay, Aunt Dorothy. I, I, I may have lost a step or two, but if I had like a real buzzer at my apartment, I think it would help speed up my brain with the answers. I don't think so. If you say so. I, I just did. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, Spud, they're saying we have a caller who would like to join in the conversation about the deep state and what's going on in this country. Uh, I was told he agrees with me. So can we put him through, please? Well, 
if I don't take the call, you, you both will say it's a left-wing conspiracy or something. So well, let's just, just screw it. Just put, put him through. Put him through. Dude, wh- whoever you are, you're on the air. Uh, I'm on the air now? Yeah. I just said you were on the air. Can you speak up? I can barely hear you. Uh, okay, then. Yeah. Hey, I want to voice my opinion regarding Q and the coming storm. Let's go. Move it. I, I, well, I've only heard your show a few times, but you sure seem like a member of the deep, the deep state to me. I know you wouldn't admit it on the air, but I feel for your co-host who has to listen to your garbage. Thank you. Uh, look, I'm not a member of the deep state, man, all right? Uh, I would never be allowed in that club either. Uh, you may not be aware of it, but I am a rebel. I'm, I'm a, I've always battled the man. Uh, <laughs> seriously, as I speak, I believe there like, is still an outstanding judgment against me from 1992 for overdue library fines. Yeah, you may think that's no big deal, but they, it adds up. And, you know, people do not assume, uh, and I'm just I'm talking to you specifically, do not assume that I'm some dim-witted lackey for the government. I'm Teddy Powers! Uh, you know, I really think you should take care of that fine, Spud. I know you've said it's a matter of principle, but it could affect your credit rating. Yeah, well, I told the librarian uh, I did turn in the damn book. It was like Valley of the Dolls. I think I, I put it in the after-hours book drop, and she never believed me. And I, I'm pretty sure they lost it. And uh, yeah, I know there's probably going to be a scarlet letter number on my gravestone, but so be it. Yeah, I know what that is. That overdue book fine, that's a false flag to give you plausible deniability to allow you to say you're not a deep state member. You know, I've heard you make fun of our president, Donald Trump. I just don't trust you or what you say on your radio program. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Yeah, caller, yes, Spud does not care for our commander-in-chief, but I don't know if he actually is a member of the deep state. Uh, He might be, but it's never been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Oh, thank you for the weak-ass support, dude. Well, I did my best while still maintaining my integrity, Spud. I have to be true to my beliefs. You dick! Gerald, you sound like all those whacked-out wingnuts who say the craziest things. No. You know Uh, better. Yeah. Spud could never be in that deep state. You know, they would never let a guy like him in. (laughs) Everyone knows he has loose lips. Can you keep a secret? Uh, uh, You know what? Can I get a word in here? I listen to as many radio stations and Internet stations as I can to get into, uh, you know, during my off hours. I'm an assistant manager at a Diffy Lube in this area, okay, and I don't okay, have much fine. free time, but yeah. someone's got to monitor what's being broadcast. Okay, all this right. Bud Goodman's show is not a real radio show. Seriously, how many listeners do you even have? But I well, still need I... to keep my eyes and ears on you just to make sure you don't do something or say something that's not okay. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Look, I'll admit I've done and said some things that are not okay, so I'm not going to lie here, but, hey, but let, let me ask you. Uh... Uh, if you know, this is what I was wondering, do you know who the hell this Q guy actually is? Because I've read, you know, on the internet so many guesses, like from a current military intelligence officer to like uh, a bunch of online trolls to, to Donald Trump himself. My, my own guess is it's it's some 400-pound guy, you know, lying on his bed somewhere, cranking out this stuff on his laptop. And it only makes common sense. Oh, there sure seem to be a number of 400-pound men lying on their bed doing dumb things. Well, there can't be that many of them, can there? Um, Aunt Dorothy, there are men of all weights and heights doing inappropriate things lying on their beds 24-7.
the Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years. Hey, uh, caller, are you prepared for the eventual final days? I I sure hope so. I know my family has completed the planning needed to be prepared for this eventuality. We all know the end is near and the need to have proper supplies stored away. Hey, on that subject, I want to know. Excuse me, caller, I have have to ask him a question. I want to know if you have reconsidered my request, you know, to be allowed in your safe room. Because if any disaster or end of days Uh... thing actually does occur, my apartment is not real secure. You know, when all hell breaks out, I I really don't trust the people in my building. One of them, you know, might turn into a Negan. This is Lucille, and she is awesome. You know, as I've told you, Spud, I would let you in our safe room. But my wife, Rachel, has concerns about your, well, hygiene and your use of profanity, you know, in front of our kids. Okay, I would watch my swearing, and I promise not to bring my Axe body spray with me. Good call, yo. Hello, hello, hello. Am I still on the air here? Is anybody here? Yeah, caller, I have have other things to deal with than just you. Jeez, this guy's annoying. I I gotta go. They're, They're saying I'm running late, and I need to wrap things up. Oh, you know, that was somewhat rude. He wasn't finished with what he was trying to... Yeah, well, okay then, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here are the stockings. One, two, three, four... Dreaming for tomorrow Where I live for yesterday Someone got a linchpin I can borrow Cause the day keeps time away And it seems that we're out of time But I can't get you off of my mind But I'll be fine the Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer, TJ Pite. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Best friends there. But my hair is thicker in Georgia The summer breeze is a pain in the air I'm just going with the air